Well, welcome to another, dare I say, stellar episode of Heroic Debate. Stellar, you say? Well, maybe not so stellar. I don't think there's anything cosmic this time around, so... Oh, not just oh, yet. okay. No. There might be. No. There might be. Okay. I'm not yeah. going to recant that. There could be a couple things in there. We shall. So, big week this week. Um, it's been a little bit of time since we last uh, spoke out to you across the airwaves. Um, but, uh, long story short, last time we were recording, we are kind of looking forward to Spider-Man Far From Home. Right. Which has come and gone. Yes. Um, your thoughts? Let's open up with your thoughts on this. Open up with my thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home. It's now available on digital download, so I just uh, picked it up last night again. Uh, I'm going to enjoy it again for a second time uh, as soon as I get some time to to view it. But what we're... I, I, you know, mixture of, like, pleasantly surprised and yet mildly disappointed at the same time. It kind of, it, it didn't do, I mean, so much... wait, is this the first time you've been disappointed no, in a Marvel movie? No, not at no. all. <laughs> but like I said, Proceed. you know, like, like my disappointment is uh, only in that um, maybe I wasn't able to call it exactly like I hoped it was going to go. Because uh, they did a very good job of kind of like misdirecting. There was a lot of smoke and mirrors and some of that, <laughs> some of that literally. I see where you were there. Dealing with Mysterio. Um, about what what the future of uh, that the the Marvel universe it perhaps was going to be, um, there was a a tease of uh, the 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 multi dimensional the, the multiverse. Uh, there was a you know potential for uh, the Infinity Stones having some lasting sort of impact uh, on on the on the universe in general and what what that might open up to the world but uh you know spoiler alert we're gonna we're gonna ruin far from home for you so it's been long enough it's been I think, yeah we've got a uh what do you call it a never mind uh i would the, say the, yeah from in say the next 10 seconds just yeah. skip ahead about 15 minutes and you'll probably be fine if you haven't seen it <laughs> so basically what they do is you know they they imply that mysterio is a hero from a different universe and um he has come to uh, to save, you know, heroically, kind of like throwing himself at the the threat that is taking out other uh, parts of the universe, and uh, he's come to to protect us from the the elemental beings that are um, attacking uh, our world. Um, he's uh, Spider Man is recruited by Nick Fury. Dot dot dot. Or is he? Question mark. Um, to to uh, defend against these uh, these uh, elemental beings, you know the the hydro man, the the, the molten man, um, the air elemental uh, arrow man uh, arrow. <laughs> no, no, we can't have that. Um, but uh, so Spider Man is reluctantly drawn back into the fray after, and but he's he's anxious to get back to his life because as we we found out in Endgame, he's been essentially dead to the world for five years um, and happy to kind of like fall back into his life uh, where he realizes, you know, other friends of his have also been sort of uh, snapped out of existence for the last five years and have been, um, as is established in the first, 
you know, opening scene, uh, blipped back into Ugh. reality, which <laughs> it, it's it's played for comic effect for the most part. Although it does leave a lot of technical questions as to what happened to like people who were in the air or that. But uh, you know, it's a comic book movie. We won't um, we won't ask those questions. We'll just assume that everybody who was previously snapped probably ended up all right, unless there's some other dramatic reason that they need to be gone. Anyway, I'm dig- I'm digressing because nerds do that. Um, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, he's, he's trying to rejoin the, uh, the real world and, uh, he's trying to pursue, uh, romance with, uh, with Mary Jane who, um, or I'm sorry, Michelle in this one, MJ as they call her. But, uh, uh, yeah, Mary Jane isn't a name they use anymore in the character. Um, but MJ, uh, on, on this, uh, European vacation and that there's the fun, that, and then the, 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 the humor of it kind of starts playing through it becomes sort of a, a road trip movie and uh, um, kind of just wacky spider-man but fun uh, but mysterio eventually uh, reveals himself to be not a multi-dimensional uh, superhero but rather a singular dimensional uh, spurned employee of stark industries who was cast aside you know his, his genius went unrecognized and he has recruited a, a, a team of uh stark uh employees um uh apparently banned from the tower uh to to help him uh propagate these these uh visual wonders and uh that was kind of a nice surprise you know it was nice to kind of see that that the uh the world could be tricked in such a way it was played believably in the in the context of the uh the technology of the film um, but, uh, at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, I wanted to see, you know, like maybe the potential for, um, a live action Miles Morales. I wanted to see the potential for, uh, exploring the multiverse and really getting into, um, the 616 and, and beyond. Um, but, uh, but we'll, we'll let that play out because, you know, that was, well and good we we got a little tease of uh what could be the future but things have have been you know away from the movies the the mechanics and the uh the politics and the business wheels have been have been churning to uh to to uh give us maybe a different future for um our uh our peter parker as introduced in the mcu i mean we've uh we've had some announcements that have been made recently and uh what Let's put a pin Let's, in that one. Yeah, uh, let me give you my two cents worth. Please, and yes, then we can, I'm sorry, because that that'll be kind of the next thing we want to jump into for sure. Because to me, that was I was of two minds on this. Like a lot of content that's kicked out movie wise, uh, I'm I am content when I'm entertained. It doesn't necessarily equate to a great movie. And I think throughout this one, I was kind of torn through the idea of like, I kind of, I enjoyed myself through the movie. Um, and then the humor started grading on me a little bit. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but I mean, it, it's a fine point. I mean, it, it's, it's tricky when you're trying to play a few things for, for laughs and definitely got me. And then you get the scene with the drone almost killing Flash Thompson. Uh. And I just, I just have a hard time reconciling the like, genius peter parker with the bumbling peter parker uh with the spider-man peter parker like it's it's like he kind of stumbled his way through a good third of the movie um which 
is plays off somewhat okay uh even into the whole parker luck thing but <laughs> i don't know there was just a little bit it might have just been a hair too much in this one um but not enough to ruin the movie for me is this one of those things that if it got down to like rating movies like one to ten or whatever that you know this one might have been more of a solid eight for me um okay and i i I definitely know where you were going into it's like the beginning of the movie when i watched this going into it where the future looked bright and everything and then there's a little bit of this shadow uh, with me in particular being, you know, a huge Iron Man fan and Jeez. already having just kind of gotten over Endgame uh, and then they throw it right back in your face uh, yeah. with all of the memorials to Tony Stark and Black Widow and like they're kind of like, you know, just this idea of... And it's, the, they're reminding us of the pain. Yeah, bit. and it it's just kind of funny to, um, to sort, of, sort of see him... You'd see the character of Stony Tony Stark like brought into it in that sense because it kind of goes back to like my prediction for Endgame where I you know was kind of firmly in the trench that it was going to be you know the Steve Rogers sacrifice play and then seeing what hey, they kind of did it's like I could totally see memorials to Stephen Rogers and stuff all over the place is like I thought that's where they were going too but yeah uh... and then to see Tony Stark in that role was just kind of it was interesting and and I liked it but it just kind of kind of brought back like all of that. You know, end game stuff again, where kind of a little bit of a downer to like get into it, but that, I think that was the intent. You know, the intent was that they wanted you to feel a little bit of the impact of, you know, end game going into this movie. But the downside then is, is as you're talking about, you know, we'll get into it in a second. The when we were talking on the last episode, I said this movie what was going to make or break it for me is that Mysterio had to be playing everybody. From the trailers that we saw he had to be playing everybody and he had to end up being a villain like if they were gonna break the mold and try to make him heroic or a tragic hero or something that it just wasn't gonna do it for me and sure. that is what made this movie work it was like i it was almost halfway through it going what the what the heck are they doing and then they have the bar scene with all of the old stark employees and like yeah, and kudos to like they, them they pull back the curtains and right and they yeah. reached all the way back to like iron man one uh, for the guy that was working on trying to, you know, rebuild the arc reactor, yeah, you know, and stuff like that. I thought that was a that was a great pull. Um, but the downside to doing that is, as great as all that was, it just sort of brings into focus how intricately they tied everything into the MCU. And then we get, you know, our recent Sony and Marvel dispute announcements of so where disappointing, but... they. You know, not to be, to be fair, we don't know what the um, agreements were going into it, but it seemed to me that if you're making a ton of money with Marvel overseeing a Marvel product, you know, why not take the money and run? And you know, Sony decided that uh, they've got an, they've got enough of the influence they need from Marvel, and they're okay to go on their own. And that's a mistake. Yeah. I, and I could be reading too much into it. There could be a lot more behind the scenes, but ultimately what we're getting is now a forced separation of, well, this, you know, Spider-Man from the MCU. This and plays we... a little bit into um, the success of Venom, which was kind of a surprise. Sure. I mean, as well too. And, and, and the, uh, the animated uh, into the spider. Sure. And for the sake of, as we've talked about earlier, I just want to see good comic book movies. If Sony can continue to make this caliber of stuff without Marvel, more power to them. But 
Venom largely was not really a Marvel-based product, and it was, although a success... Not, not an MCU-based product. An MCU-based product. Yeah. And although it was a success, it was also panned by a lot of critics as being, like, so awful, it's good, you know, kind of thing. And that's, like, what we were seeing with, you know, sort of Sony writing solo. And we have to, you know, admit or even own up to the fact that Sony's made some pretty crappy Spider-Man movies in the, ba- in the past, too. It's kind of happened, yeah. Yeah, so... They don't have a great track history, but maybe they've learned just enough. And I, I have, I want to be optimistic because I want to see, uh, as you know, an avid collector. A lot of my collecting of comics was like in the '90s, and one of the characters that I really, really liked out of the whole Midnight Suns lineup was Morbius. When they sort of reinvented uh. him and rebranded him as sort of an antihero, and as like sort of this, like he wasn't a supernatural vampire he was like a science vampire kind of thing and uh with the announcement of them like going forward with a you know morbius movie and sort of kind of creating this micro spider verse kind of thing you know i i want to see those characters come to life and i want to see good movies so i want to be optimistic and hope that you know sony can pull this off but they also the only company that has a worse track history of them with marvel properties is fox and thankfully the fox you know deal has held um and it sounds like for all intents and purposes we're in like a year and a half to two year window and we'll start seeing some of those properties trickle you know trickle in slowly but um yeah i don't know it was was a little disappointing it's kind of sad to see that all those cool ties to the mcu are you know largely not going to be present because they won't be able to do that kind of stuff. They won't be able to draw those connections. I, th- I think the big fear is whether or not Sony is uh, kind of, to use a metaphor, uh, killing the golden goose. You know, it's like mm. they they think that they've been given enough to uh, to sustain them, and uh, and are they running with it now? There's been a lot of mudslinging on both sides, and some people say it's it's uh, Disney's fault, and some people say it's Marvel or you know, uh, Feige's fault. Um, but, uh, you know, blame aside, I don't know. I, I just, you know, all we, all we really want out of this are good movies, you know? Right. Um, I, I saw one of my, uh, writers, I follow a lot of comic Twitter and one of them said, Hey, when I was, uh, when I was 12, uh, the, the guy on television was my Spider-Man, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, I remember that. And, uh, I can't even remember the actor's name, but I, I've, I've seen episodes of the 1970s Spider-Man live action series and it's, it's hot trash, you know, by today's standards, but so is the incredible Hulk with Lou Ferrigno. And Absolutely. yet there's a soft spot in a lot of people's hearts for that because but, it's know, what we could get the characters, at the, time. the characters will go on and mm. we will find a way forward. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, long story short, I, you, I think you're right, is that, and I've actually heard some interesting sort of counterpoints in that, you know, Spider-Man as a character has only recently been, like, involved with the Avengers and stuff like that. I mean, he's largely been more of a solo character anyway. And so there's, you know, sort of a pro argument for Sony, wow. you know, running the way they have is that maybe they don't need the MCU to tell good Spider-Man stories. And I mean, I hope that's the case because... Uh, it does tend to get a little muddied with all of his connectivity to like sort of being almost almost like equated to the heir to Stark Enterprises, you know, and now we'll never see really where Marvel wanted to go with that at this point, because if they ever get back into this, I, I would expect it's going to be a reboot. 
I hope not. But <sighs> it is what it is. So I, I, I'd rather you know just see them forage forward with uh, Miles Morales or whatever else they need to do. You know to. Well, like you said, they will. I have confidence that they'll figure something out because that's They're what Marvel. these companies do. That's what comic books do. They 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 figure things out. Yeah, this very much seemed purely just to and I mean I, not to put too fine a point of it. I don't want to see Disney owning everything either. I mean that's kind of a the monopoly that could be... bodes not well <laughs> in, for long term stuff. But you know, in the end, like I said, if any if they can just keep making good movies they'll redeem themselves but i think we're a few years off before we see if that's going to be the case but speaking of new content so as sony was busy like disappointing everyone with uh not going forward with the mcu uh disney basically pulled no punches and uh gave us a huge assortment of uh little looks into the content that's coming up most of it wasn't a surprise we already kind of knew some of how phase four was going to look. We knew how like the MCU in TV was going to look like, um, which kind of brings me, I guess if we're going to go back to my stellar comment from earlier, um, we have a lot more information on Eternals, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, The biggest one to that is, is again, just from this ear of all the comics I collected is that uh, oddly enough, the black Knight is going to be, in That's... Eternals, and I thought that was a really cool little surprise curveball. Played by none we other got. than Jon Snow. Well, I mean, if you've got to, if you got to be typecast, I suppose <laughs> there's not playing, very many Marvel heroes with a sword. The rest of his career, but uh, well, I mean, so. I, I I saw Kit Harrington in um, oh, what was it? I think it was an MI five. Right, he did thing, uh, spooks. And, yeah, yeah, and and he was pretty good in that. I mean, so I, it, the guy can do things other than be Jon Snow, but. That was, a, that was a theatrical gonna... uh, version of mm-hmm. the, the television series. That, yeah, MI5. You know, MI5 is the American MI5 is the Americanized version of a British show called Spooks. Spooks. Yeah. Um, but that's what that show introduced me to Richard Armitage. True. Uh, which I'm going to refer back to as one of my hopes and dreams in a few minutes. Ah. <clears throat> but um, also, uh, yeah, Kit Harrington played the son of the like director uh of, right like mi5 the whole thing and but i'm not gonna die that's not what we're here to talk about um different, different what's podcasts. uh and a lot of people were like why are they introducing the black knight and if you were you know an avid reader of you know the, the avengers Turtles. title you know in the 90s there you know one of the avengers was circe who is being introduced in eternals and circe was also sort of part of a sort of love triangle uh. <laughs> of the Avengers between uh, Crystal of the Inhumans, uh-huh. uh, the Black Knight, Dane Whitman, uh, who's the character being played by Kit Harrington, and Cersei, uh, who's being introduced in the Eternals. And so it leads me to believe, are they setting the groundworks for, you know, another Avengers cycle? And for me, this concept that you talked about a little bit earlier with spider-man where there's a lot of hopes of seeing how they were going to play around with the like the multiverse there is a very very cool storyline within the avengers title around them that heavily involved circe and the black knight uh that also heavily involved the multiverse and that they were fighting this villain that was collecting alternate universe versions of the avengers and built like his own team um and i'm if this is where they're going i won't want to lead too much into it but 
you know, Cersei and the Black Knight were kind of cornerstones to this storyline. So it makes me wonder if this is their build. The like, are they there. building towards this, like, let's take this multiverse thing to the next level. Uh, and, you know, if you want to learn a little bit more about that, look up Proctor, um, who is the villain of that particular series. Um, there may be some spoilers involved, so only go check at your own risk. Well, but it is a fabulous storyline. Uh, it also heavily involves the vision. Uh, there were some big changes for the vision in that particular storyline as well. So it's kind of a, it's a neat one. I'd love to see them do. So I'm kind of hopeful that this announcement is kind of shining a light on like the bigger scope of what they're going to be doing for like the next couple of years. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And I mean, it was interesting that like, I think everyone was expecting Angelina Jolie was going to play Cersei and she's actually playing Thena instead, Hmm. um, which is in my opinion, knowing the Eternals like I do is a stronger character for her to play, if not as well known. Um, but also yet another Game of Thrones alumni is playing uh, uh, Icarus, which I thought was kind of cool as well. So the uh, I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name. He played Rob Stark. Oh, that? Um, yes. Uh, Robert. Wow, I'm awful at this, but uh, most oh, people yeah. will know what I'm talking about. Uh, he is, uh, he's going to be playing Icarus, who is sort of the, in, in the Eternals comic, he's kind of like the lead. He's the character where he is most associated with, uh, the Eternals in general, if not Cersei. One of the two of them is usually kind of... Mr. Eternal. Sure. No. (laughs) But that was a, that was nice to see more from that. Um, it was good to see where the TV stuff is going. Uh, um... I think I'm actually more excited for the Mandalorian than the next Star Wars movie. Uh, it looks like that good, and it's serialized, which means it's like well, that's where maybe our, thirteen that's, that's hours where this of it should have been already. But <laughs> but we got we got sidetracked. Well, we'll get there. That's uh, that we're. We're countdowning to a, a Star Wars episode because we'll want to lead into uh, the Rise of Skywalker. But uh, in addition to that, so. There were, I know you know what my high point is, but what other high points? I think you were super keen on what Miss Marvel being announced, and I am so excited for Miss Marvel. I'm, uh, I think that's that was probably the highest point for me, but but I'm very excited for everything else that kind of like came out of uh, the potential of that, like uh, She Hulk. Yep, which you I see you're working on one right uh, now. Yeah, I'm kind of doing a, a, a doodle here. You'll I'll post it on when I, when we're done podcasting here. But I'm working on a She-Hulk picture. Um, I uh, I think I'm, I mean, uh, of course, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which has already been kind of alluded to, but uh, really eager to see where that goes. Um, we got news that uh, uh, Peggy Carter's niece, um, Sharon. Sharon will be part of that series as well too which i think is a very appropriate place to reintroduce her well and they're and they're opening like they kept tossing more stuff too because baron zemo's back yes uh they did a cool little like almost like video hijacking little, of uh, that where he had the purple ski mask on uh, and uh looked looked very like the zemo that i'm familiar with but will it be super to... glued to his face <laughs> probably not probably but not, the no. fact that he went back where he's wearing the you know the purple sock uh that was that was a high point for me but also i think in a more recent one they also said that u.s agent's going to be right uh, in there too which is kind of an interesting one because he's another in the comics he 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 was captain america before 
Sam Wilson. Right. Um, and, you know, much maligned and rightly so for how they played the character. But then he evolved significantly. He was a West Coast Avenger for a while. So I'll be curious to see how they uh, play him out uh, in the series, too, because they introduce him or reintroduce him when Sam Wilson took over was that he was sort of brought in by some, you know, not to put too fine a point of it, but they were definitely drawing some allusions to like Trump and stuff like that of some politicians that didn't like Sam Wilson being wearing, you know, wearing the colors and having the shield. And so they had, you know, U.S. agent was, you know, going to well, go take it from him. And that, of course, didn't go well. Captain so. America as a government-driven uh, commodity versus, uh, you know, a, a, an independent, free-thinking hero sort of character. That, that, I mean, here's the thing. Comics have always been political. They've always involved politics in some way. So it, it seems like, yeah, they, they, will, they will draw some illusions. There are some dogs in the house right now, so we're just... We'll just try to work through it. <laughs> um, the price you must pay to get a somewhat regular podcast from us is Absolutely. that occasionally we have to dog sit and podcast. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I thought there's enough announcements and enough buzz on a lot of this stuff that it is really kind of drawing my attention that there's going to be a lot of good stuff. To, I mean, we, have, we still haven't seen anything on Vision... Uh, or sorry, WandaVision. I keep wanting to say Vision and Scarlet Witch, um, but they've announced it's that, WandaVision. Well, curiously enough, they've announced uh, the return of Darcy as part of WandaVision from uh, hmm. J- Jane's... Uh, oh, Jane Foster's... Jane Foster's assistant. Okay, uh, okay that's an odd fit, but okay. It, I know, I know. And especially what you know, considering what we do know about the series, um, that it, it's supposed to be a like a 1950s throwback, but I think that... Right. I think, I think there's really more to it than that. Well, there's been some interesting tweets from Tom King about how he he goes, I guess I am going to see the visions on on TV. So I'm wondering, like, how many little pieces (laughs) they're drawing from on this. I think it's going to be a mix of House of M and Visions. I think it's going to be a collab, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, it certainly could be that rather than, like, say, the Visions storyline where Vision builds a family, it it could very much be, like, Wanda creating her own happy verse kind of thing that uh, somewhat makes the 50s feel like that's... If anyone ever, like, starts to, like, draw from, like, this is when people were happy, uh, it always tends to be, like, this 50s vibe or 50s feel you know, to this kind of stuff. So it doesn't surprise me that that maybe is the, the vision they're going for on that particular da, 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 da. imagery. But uh, yeah, it just, again, it makes it uh, intriguing to see what exactly they want to do with it. And just enough so that they're not giving us enough to spoil it, which is great. So we, we'll be Absolutely. surprised going into it. And to be honest, I mean, I don't, I don't think you would necessarily spoil it for it. I, I personally kind of feel weird about a direct one-to-one translation of any existing uh format medium to part of me film part of me wants it to be something new or something different because as much as i love seeing like classic storylines and stuff brought to the screen there's something about some of them just need to be modernized a little bit i mean some of some storylines hold up some of them don't i mean uh they're as great as like black panther was it was a much more modern you know background for um uh the villain uh killmonger killmonger right than we had really seen in the in the comic and if they just went wholly with like the comic part for it i don't know if it would have been as strong of a movie so there's a case to be made for you know some modernizing 
Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, like the character of M'Baku wouldn't have even been. Yeah, M'Baku is like a complete turnaround because he's almost atypically a villain. Uh, and to see him more as a um, a foil for uh, T'Challa was, I think, a much better way to to have him showcased. Uh, much, much more interesting character, I think. In you know, and it, and it, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with them doing a little bit of reinventing. And then sometimes it seems like they kind of go off the deep end and trying to, you know, diversify and stuff like that. Because I think some characters are, it's okay if you change things up a little bit and go with, you know, like uh, Heimdall is a great example from the Thor movies. Mm. I know a lot of people berated, you know, the choice of having Idris Elba, you know, play. But I think he did a great job. And I don't think that that is a role that particularly I think you can, you know, move past the idea that, you know, all the Asgardians should be like, you know, Viking stock or whatever, you know. But then it was funny because I remember the like the outcry that when they were doing Iron Fist that they didn't cast an Asian. And I was like. Uh, I I get where you're coming from, but at the same token, you know, it the, <laughs> it's kind of the point of Iron Fist is that he's not an Asian guy. It was like, you know, part of that whole era of, you know, doing comics sure. and stuff like that. And, you know, not to put too fine a point of it, I had said this in the past, like, you guys, you know, if you want to have, you know, an Asian cast role for that, then why don't we get a Shang-Chi movie? And what do they announce? A Shang Chi movie. movie, so you know we're gonna get that type of. Granted, of that film has its own. Well. I mean, it does kind of have its own uh, controversies associated with it, but um, but I I don't know. You know, here we are, like two white guys talking about sure. you know diversity in movies. So I, I I don't think we have a lot of room to to no. to play and then say you know this is right. This is what you know we you know we're finally getting it, but. But it does give me hope that it is moving forward. That we are getting sure. We 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 are trying to to give some voice and some characters. I mean, that's that's why that's what I want to see with Miss Marvel. Um, that's what I want to see with Shang Chi. That's uh, you know, we we we're getting Blade rebooted for crying out loud, you know. And that's yeah, but in a way, <laughs> doesn't that almost seem like a for like it? We even though it was a surprise, I I kind of wasn't surprised too. I mean, it kind of seems like that's the flavor for what they're doing. Um, with you know, when you're thinking of as a company, it's like what titles are going to make them money, and whether you like the original Blade trilogy or not, if we didn't have those movies, we wouldn't have an MCU right now. They made enough money to validate that Marvel could potentially make good movies with a budget. Uh, and then years later we get Iron Man and they really proved that they could do it, but we didn't get there without having movies like, you know, Wesley Snipes blade trilogy. Uh, it, 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 I don't know. It's, I think it's a smart move for them. Um, it's kind of, it's same thing as like, we, I'd had some thoughts that I was a little unsure of how, or if, um, you know, Disney was realistic, realistically going to be able to do any of the like horror genre characters and they found an elegant solution that they're just going to let hulu do them so we're getting like ghost rider and uh of all mm -hmm. things i did not expect to see coming to the screen is damien hellstrom um you know the, the, another one of those what were they thinking in the 70s where you have a title the son of satan that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> the title uh and yet we're getting this character is showing up as there part of go. the journey into uh was it journey into horror or whatever they're calling the 
like little micro universe that they're doing with Ghost Rider and everything else. I, I, I hadn't heard the specifics of that. That'd be, uh, yeah. well, probably as we get closer to fruition, we'll probably hear more about it. Cause a lot of the stuff is just in the like post announcement phase for that kind of stuff. Sure. But I mean, and let's not overshadow the best announcement that they made is that we're getting moon Knight. Yes. I mean, of all <laughs> the things I thought would just sit in development hell, um, we're finally getting a, a Moon Knight series. I guess there's... that means they finally have to decide on what you know what the origin of the character is. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if they're smart, they'll probably take like the Lemire approach. Recently, I think that all of the recent popularity with the character beyond the cult following has all been more recent due to some of the the newer stuff that's been happening, um, which is kind of cool because I'd love to see the whole Mister Knight persona and you know a lot of the other stuff and i'll be curious to see what they decide to do with it um but it's in a just right now we've just seen a logo and an announcement but they haven't had any casting or anything along those lines well, and now is when we roll back to <laughs> my mi5 reference from earlier okay if anybody's listening that has any sort of power or clout can we please cast richard armitage as mark specter oh dear <laughs> How great would that be? Come on. That would be an interesting... Uh, you know, if he's down for it, I'd say sure. I mean, I think he not only does he have the physical presence to do it, but I think he has the... You know, after watching him uh, play uh, the character he did uh, in Spooks, right. uh, I think I think he can do an excellent job even playing off the... You know, if they go with the mentally disabled, like multiple multiple personality you know okay like crazy crazy moon knight uh he could do it richard, I mean, richard armitage is a fantastic actor and i you know he does have a tie to the marvel universe because i've been listening to the podcast um he had a bit part in captain america no he he well he, he had a he, had he a was tiny, the guy he was the guy that caused the he was uh, the, the accident yeah, yeah he, he killed he killed uh professor erskine professor erskine yes but but actually he has been doing uh, the voice of Wolverine or the voice right, of Logan right and the the Long Hunt in the, yeah. in the Wolverine podcast um, which is now not the Long Hunt it's it, uh, it's in season two now yeah it's uh, the Lost Trail yeah the Lost Trail has been the season two which uh, I just wrapped up recently um, features I mean the the first one was not so much Wolverine centric it was a it little had bit, bits and pieces it, but it, it was like them like a, following him like kind an X Files right. episode yeah. And, and he would show up and like growl through like hey, not supposed to be here you or know? it was like and they'd have disappear. a journal entry or yeah. something along those lines and, and it felt like they didn't really give him a, a, a part to, to fill until the end but the lost trail has been a lot more wolverine uh, oriented and uh, gambits in it too and, right and showed up yep. yeah gambit showed up as a as a recurring part um and uh yeah it, it's given him a little bit more to do with the with the role uh it's it's uh it's all podcast it's all theater of the mind so um but if we want to get richard armitage in front of the camera and i ha i know several women wouldn't remind that either um <laughs> that 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 uh, moon knight would be probably a good place to to feature him yeah i mean there've been there's been a lot of speculation i saw like a big campaign that to try and get Keanu Reeves in the role and Ooh, uh I mean interesting idea. maybe but I just don't see him doing a TV show I mean if they were going to do a, a cinematic like a movie or something I could see him leaning towards that I, just, I don't see him doing a, a TV show well though. they had they had talked about him you know possibly doing a 
Doctor Strange at one point, even. You oh, know, sure. Yeah, you know. I mean, they had a lot of people that they were bouncing around for, yeah. for Doctor Strange, but he was definitely one that they were that they were looking at as well. Um, speaking of, like, Doctor Strange, or an alternate Doctor Strange, another actor that they had been looking at was... Uh, um, oh, I'm just awful for pulling names. He's playing the Joker in the new movie that's oh, really? getting uh, oh, amazing, gosh. amazing reviews. Uh, um, you, you seem... To have some misgivings. <laughs> I'm I'm sure it has its place. I'm not for I you know it's Joker in the Dark Knight really really stole the fantasy of Batman from me. I think I I, I you know maybe it's not everybody's take, but just such a a, a powerful yet bleak and you know self-destructive take on um on on the joker was just uh was just really brought it down and like I, and I in, think a, this in is, a bad this way or more, good way because i'm in, not sure a, where you're going yeah with this. it's it's tough because i can i can admire the performance and the uh the uh the talent that went into to creating that that's that very unique um interpretation Sure. Of a character which we hadn't seen before, you know, we we've seen uh, over the top Joker, you know, with Jack Nicholson. We've seen uh, kind of silly, happy Joker with Cesar Romero. Um, you know, just kind of he, he's been all over the place, but I'd never seen uh, a really what well, well, you know. I've I read uh, the Killing Joke and all of mm-hmm. that stuff. You know, like it, we've we've seen Joker the murderer. You know, not not Joker the prankster, not Joker the you know the 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 guy who wants to rob the bank or something like that. You know, this is like Joker the psychotic murderer, um, and that's what that's what Heath Ledger gave us was Joker the kind of the the, the chaotic mind uh, who is ultimately a murderer, and that really took Batman to a dark place. That um, I, you know, honestly, I didn't know where where I wanted it to go. I mean, when when you, when you have something that's that's that, that's that kind of you know that has that that, that verisimilitude, that that realness of uh, of Batman, what what did I expect? And it was just became too much for me to yeah. To carry I mean, in my mind, it, so, as a tribute to Nolan, I mean, he he did want to create a much you know, darker rendition and he wanted things to get dark and dark and dark and dark before he would flip it around, so to speak in the, in the third movie, the third act even. But yeah, I mean, I kind of see, I never think I don't think he quite won back to be honest, but well, not for me, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a little open for interpretation. I, I think for me, it felt more like if you're an actor like Heath Ledger, and like you mentioned, like your predecessors are like, you know, Cesar Romero, who yeah. was very slapsticky and, you know, you, you can't, you can't prankstery. Imitate, you can't imitate what came before. You had to sure. Your own and then mistake, you yeah. get Jack Nicholson, who played a little bit off of that, but it was also very Jack Nicholson, like very owning good. the role in someone who had legitimately snapped and wanted to put just sort of this, what he thought was a funny spin on all the things he was doing, whether that was beating someone, you know, electrocuting someone to death or whatever. Uh, and then you get to Heath Ledger and it's like, well, where do you go from there? And yeah, I think I see where you're going. To me, it felt more like he, it's not like he was a, he is a murderer, 
but he's not a murder in the sense of like he's not a serial killer or something like that it's like it's almost like the you know, killing someone is like this sort of like he does it's it and he doesn't really he doesn't really <laughs> it's not conceptually like ingrained in him. Like if he kills someone, it's not that big of a deal. It, it's a big deal. If he can use that as an object lesson for someone else, you know, it's a, it's a deal of where, you know, if his point is I'm trying to make a point to you. And if to, in order to do that, I'm going to kill these seven people in front of you as an object lesson, you know, and granted, I, there are some scenes I could have seen removed, like the boat scene in that one, I think could have been removed. Uh, I thought that was a little overly done, but yeah, and I don't want to go too far down that path either. But we we've, we've diverted down yeah. dark into a dark DC. But that's the danger of. Trip I mean, and it could be the potential danger. In a way, it's kind of a positive aspect of Moon Knight being on the Disney side of things, and that it may not go as dark as maybe some people want the character to go. But I don't think that they. You, I've had this opinion. You don't need to go that far. Like it's the same thing with Deadpool came out of like he should be a rated R character. It's like he doesn't have to be. He's not a rated R comic book. You know, it's just we kind of want him to be able to swear and do other stuff instead of seeing it in the cartoon bubbles. And that's okay. There's a place for that. And uh, they were you know, able props to, make it, to they Ryan were able Reynolds. They sufficiently they... dark without. Sure. You know, I, I mean, and, and granted, it, it still retained its its R rating very suitably, appropriately. Yeah, I, they made it work. Yes. Um, I'm just saying that they also could have made it work in different directions too. But I'm gonna I'm gonna let that lie because that's a success. And I, I don't want to take anything away from it because that's a, that's a title that I do want to see succeed and continue but, forward with but what will they're we doing. Get, will we get a, a a Moon Knight with the grittiness of say Daredevil the series? Maybe. I mean, it's just one of those things of you would know, you would you prefer it to be at that level, or would you prefer it to be a little bit considering more... considering this is based off of a comic oh, where man. the character literally cut the face off of one of his opponents? Yeah. Um, it can go very dark. Does it need to? That was like. That was one thing that happened in almost 30 years of history with that particular character. He's not always that dark. Uh, it's just that that seems to be what people are craving right now is that we want to see like the gritty Daredevil from the Frank Miller era and stuff. And uh, and that's what we got. We got that. Um, uh, people, you need to crave something else, I think. You know, eh, maybe. Just, I'm, just I talking, think, I'm talking to people out there. People. I think that there is... Um, and this may have not been your cup of tea, but I actually did enjoy. Uh, ironically, I haven't finished the second season. The first Punisher season was good, uh, in that I think they I validated it. the character's purpose a lot more, uh, and that could arguably have been like a very dark, dreary movie as well, or series as well, and and somehow ended up skirting the line a little bit better than some of them. I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. Yeah. I haven't finished the second season. It's like in Neither my list, I, but I, so is cloak and dagger and all these other ones. I'm trying Jones to catch up three, with which I I'm up in with. the middle of season three for Jessica Jones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just, a, there's a lot of stuff going on, but then there's like, just seems like there's more things on the horizon that I want to see. And some of these things are getting back burner, but I think that we are seeing some brighter, like I said, you mentioned a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that's coming from Disney, is from a quite a bit shinier side of the the MCU, and I think that that will. It's interesting because I think know, I think they still want to. I think I think they still want to appeal to the adult side. Well, and but they can. Like, I think because we, we. I mean, the, the the thing that they're doing with the new Doctor Strange movie mm -hmm. is supposed to be the first quote unquote like horror 
superhero well film. technically new mutants was supposed to be that yeah but yeah that's, that's like i don't even know what's going on with that that's, one but that one's in release yeah i mean there i think just like comics you can cater some comic titles are catered towards certain individuals like the the sure. punisher is a comic i never collected but i kind of understand the character to a certain extent and i get that idea it just wasn't one that i collected a bunch of issues of it because it wasn't necessarily appealing now if he crossed over which like between him and wolverine like they crossed over into everything in the 80s and 90s because they were super popular at the time there's a doctor strange uh punisher okay that that one was actually not too bad i did i did read that (laughs) one it was very very interesting but yeah okay um but yeah i mean it's i think they can spin into these like the you know dr strange is a very when you think about it a very horrific visually you know some of the stuff they've done lately while not and it's crazy weird horrific if you, if, and... you, if you dive back into it i mean it, its roots are basically with the uh uh vincent price kind of mm-hmm. you know hammer horror type uh type storytelling which i with does, like the ditko psychedelic does not and... appeal to me at all yeah. really i mean you know i i i appreciate it for you know being an influence on on modern cinema but at the same time it just it's not a place where I like to spend my, you know, imaginary time. But, but we may be reaching a point where, you know, there is a time when we had to take every comic book movie that came out. Like, I've got to watch it because it's the only one I'm going to get this year or something. And yeah. we may be getting to a point now where it's going to be like comics. Like, it may be that not every movie is going to be your cup of tea. And maybe you don't need to see every single one of them. Because yeah. maybe a few of them, they're going to branch into those areas you don't want. You know, and it's... I think that's the nature of this type of... I think movies are easier to, to, to watch than comic books are to read sometimes. Though. <laughs> it depends on where they go, but it exactly. seems like comic books... Comic books are... They're always... Re- well, movies are too nowadays, but comic books are always like... If a story doesn't sell, they're pretty quick to course correct sure. on it. But I think if it, once a movie's done, it's done. You know, yeah, they can they could reboot it and do something different. Well, but that's that's a good and bad thing. I hate for them to be, you know, very like it's a cash grab. We just made it; it's out there. Now you have to eat it. You know, here's yeah. here's your spoon. Eat it. Uh, but but yeah, I mean that and that's, that's, what, that's the, what Justice League was for me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think D- Justice League was too much too soon. I think that they were they were up they they were up against the wall. I think that they they needed to have their Avengers movie. They moved too quickly without enough, like backstory implementation. It just didn't feel right, and so now they're back to well, well, go, let's go back to the like the standalone stuff and see if we can rebuild this. And Aquaman, not too bad. Yeah, I mean Aquaman was good. I've I have I had it no times, I've know. had no complaints with you know Wonder Woman is great. The next the the new one that's coming out looks good too. Um, I mean, heck, I'm actually you know all sparkly vampires aside i don't necessarily think that robert patton's is a bad choice to play batman going forward too i think he could do a good job with it yeah Yeah, i mean but it's kind of crazy i've been getting back into watching uh titans on the dc network and uh they have ian glenn who yet another game of thrones Uh, is playing Bruce Wayne, and he is not who I would picture. What? <laughs> but the point is, is that he's not playing Batman. He's playing Bruce Wayne in the series. Like right. you don't see him in the Bat costume. Right. Instead, you see him in Wayne Manor, like picking up the phone when Dick Grayson's got a question, uh, and saying, "Well, I'm not going to tell you how to do." You know, it, it's it's an interesting dynamic seeing him play that role. That's... Um, but it 
it argues the point that sometimes the unexpected, you know, actor can really make or break something and make it good or torpedo it completely. Sure. Um, but to get kind of spin this back around kind of where we started with, it sounds like maybe this, you know, this Joker movie may not be like the movie for you, but it's kind of crazy how well reviewed it's been though for what we get. It's not going to get my money. I'll tell you that. I mean, I just, it's, it's, I, I just acknowledge it. It's not for me. Maybe it's for you. It's not for me. That's okay. And it's okay that we have that. You know, it's like not everybody's going to like Endgame. It's not for everybody. But, um, well, people have been talking about like a couple of years about superhero fatigue. Like, uh, I think we need new characters. We, if we keep absolutely. retreading, let's have another Batman movie. Let's have like, that's well, you know yeah. the umpteenth appearance of the Joker in a different rendition, you know, and the absolutely don't at some point that, yeah. just stop breaking the wheel and trying to make something new out of it and just literally make something new. Like I think the whole <laughs> the argument to the the whole diversification, yeah. you know, this diversification thing, I think is better accomplished and instead of going back and retreading old characters by making them diverse. Make new diverse characters, like make a Miss Marvel. Don't go back and do, we're going to do Captain Marvel and reinvent her as a Hispanic male. No, no, <laughs> you know? no, no. You get what I'm saying, though, is yeah, that... I, like, I it's... hear that, but at the same time, it's like, uh, we, 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 we've gotten that with, like, Thor. We've gotten that with Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we get Sam Cap, people are like, no, don't, you know, let's not make Cap black, you know... He's already Falcon, or or let's not. Well, you know, Captain America is tough for me because I think that Captain... is making a new character. Yes, in essence, because Captain America, as they've alluded to many times in the comic, is like a title, a title yes. that a character wears, and like you have John Walker, who was Captain America for a fair amount of time before Steve Rogers came back again. Uh-huh. Um, you have Sam Wilson, you have Bucky Barnes. You know, all different versions of the character, um, while each being uniquely them. I mean, you have, like, uh, Ironheart. Yes. You know, was a a new character without replacing the old character or changing it into something different. But, you know, when they did Thor, which, incidentally, they announced as, like, the the, the fourth movie, Mm -hmm. the fourth movie in the Thor series, um, they are going to introduce Jane Foster as... But even that is when they had Jane Foster take over as as Thor, they still had the unworthy Thor, which was still right. Thor Odinson. He was still there as a character. Just They took him in a different slant while they had someone else using Mjolnir and being Thor. I mean... Well, there was Thor the person and there was Thor the title. The, sure. The, 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 the... But... You know, again, I think it just kind of go, it spins back to there are two ways you can approach this, and one is is to let's just let's redo the stuff that's come before and make it like sort of force that square peg in a round hole, or why not just create something new and get your diversity through a new thing, you know, a new take on something for sure, but don't like. I think I don't know. Maybe and, maybe we have to use the building blocks that have been put before us like you know spider-man sure you know spider-man miles morales i don't think that was trying to reinvent peter parker no but um it wasn't trying to reinvent it was trying peter to make, parker it was trying to give but a, it know, was a relevancy to the 
to the the mantle of spider-man right there was a it was to me it was a a testament to the uh great power great great responsibility thing is that you know you have this character who realizes he has similar abilities to you know peter parker and then sees peter parker like killed sees the impact that this person had as spider-man and goes there needs to be a spider-man and so takes up that that you know mantle that it goes into the same thing as you know the captain america thing and and iron man slash you know iron heart kind of thing and that it's we don't have to give up the original version of the character to get our diverse characters too. like Eternals is another one where we're seeing a lot of diversity played out in the cast. That's going to be very different than the comic was, but these aren't characters that are changed by that. Not enough people are invested or know the Eternals enough to care if, you know, Ajax who is male in the comic is now being played by Salma Hayek in the movie. You know, there's not enough there to be worried about if they made that change. This is written by Jack Kirby when the majority of his characters were going to be male because that's what you wrote back in the day. That's just how that's how it worked. But, uh, you know, at the same token, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with this. (laughs) Well, I I hear you because this this is the uh, this is the uh, the debate that's going on out there. Sure. Um, amongst fans is like why why are we why are we getting female Thor why are we getting uh... I I want to see these storylines play yeah. out it's like it's the multiple ghostwriter thing too like I can have Robbie, Robbie Reyes. Reyes and still have Johnny Blaze and Danny Ketch like they can all exist as ghostwriters I don't need us to forget about the fact of how Johnny Blaze was written and archetyped by replacing him with someone else that that character never existed. You know, it's I, like what it, it's the difference would be is that it. I think it's better if we create a Robbie Reyes, sure, than to go back and say we're going to do Johnny Blaze, uh, and Johnny Blaze is now going to be played by Idris Elba. You know, I, no, I, I don't, I don't see necessarily. I mean, that's it. It can be, it can be a, a, a tricky tightrope, and I think the, yeah. the, the the important thing is we we have these conversations civilly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, some and explore so, the because some people don't have these conversations. No, some, some civilly, people which is you know don't have them, and they and they say like, well, you you ruined my my childhood because you cast um, an Asian guy as Danny Rand instead of a white guy as Danny Rand or something like that. You know, it, well, it was be, kind of the opposite, it, which is what was granted. Weird. Yeah. yeah, and and but and I say the the people that the that didn't want that, the people that wanted you know an Asian Danny Rand, I think their voices are valid too. I think that they yeah. they, they absolutely had a point to be made there um and but 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 there was there was such vitriol on both sides of the argument Mm. that i i don't think that a logical discussion or a civil discussion is going to be had um we got what we got a lot of people didn't buy it unfortunately i thought it was all right i thought it was pretty good i yeah i mean i've said it before i wanted uh, season two left me wanting a season three yeah. i think that they they did well enough that i think they finally started getting some buy-in but that it. aside but that aside you know it's like it's uh it i don't feel like anything has been stolen from me if they decide to cast a woman in the, in the part of a character than uh, than if they gave me the original male version of that character um i realized that 
tales are there to be retold mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes to make them more valid it's it's like the Battlestar Galactica like casting uh, Starbuck as a female sure and and people going on a rant and saying you, you know you, you've ruined the character for me and I'm like you just gave her gave the character of Starbuck a whole new dimension um, yeah you know a whole new uh, way to approach it I, that, t- that takes nothing away from my enjoyment of the original 1970s Battlestar Galactica me growing right. up as a kid wanting more lasers and space show um that tapes absolutely nothing away from me. I, I am just giving it a, a new interpretation of the character, which I get to um, you know explore and like or dislike, but but not decry as you know the ur- usurpation of all my you know my childhood. Sure, I think embodiment of and I think to you know <laughs> maybe my roundabout point is not so much. I I want that diversification. I want to see that kind of stuff happening what i want to see though and i think this is somewhat to play into like the stuff that you love too right. it's like the thing would be is that if you had a choice and that choice would be to have you've got captain marvel oh. okay and you can have captain marvel but now captain marvel will be you know an indian you know, you know, an Indian woman, and you don't get Miss Marvel. You get this reinvention of the character, or would you rather have both characters? Is what I'm getting at. The beauty of Miss Marvel, and I think, what makes that such a powerful thing is that they made a new thing from a familiar thing, without and keeping both of right. those things simultaneous. Right, right, right. That's what I'm getting at. Okay, is that I don't want to see us not get a character. Because we can't meet a diversification quota or something like that with it. So here goes back to my Iron Fist argument. Okay, okay. Uh, is there a point to the Asian American community or the Asian community in general saying we want an Asian cast as Iron Fist? No, they absolutely have the right to say that. But I would say, wouldn't you rather have Shang Chi as your representation? than to make this characterization of this person now be. I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm not trying to... No, 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 I, I want both characters, not let's change this one to fit. I want, I want both characters too, but at the same time, I think I think it would be better in your, in, your, in your framing of the argument if you said, in addition to Danny Rand character, what if we introduce an all-new Asian character who is also an Iron Fist wielder? Yeah, absolutely. Rather than, sh- than saying Shang-Chi because Shang-Chi... Let's have Danny Rand be Danny Shang- Rand. Shang-Chi was kind of almost stereotypically Asian. I sure. mean, he's like uh, the, as, same the as ancestor like... of Fu Manchu, who sure. was a terrible Asian stereotype. But you and the same thing is like Luke Cage was born of the era of exploitation. Like he was atypically not a... Like we have made him into this great idea uh, well, yeah, but we... i don't know if it started that way comics, in the 70s comics ain't perfect no they're not you know, and yeah. i'm not and, but, i'm not but, even but, trying to shade but, that so but... iron fist also came of that that whole you it, know the, absolutely the, the kung fu chop cinema kind of thing where they said hey let's look at what's popular and try and create that i was listening to uh, a podcast uh about sidekicks um uh and they were talking about kato and tonto mm-hmm. as these characters and how they Cato being the sidekick of the Green Hornet, and the Green Hornet was a television show around the same time that Batman 
was popular, and they said, right. well, "What if we what if we do a crossover episode where we put Green Hornet and Batman in the same show, but then we've got Cato and Robin as the sidekicks, and we have them face off, and Robin wins, and and, and Bruce Lee playing Cato was <laughs> nobody's like, gonna nobody beats Bruce Lee. Nobody's gonna that's never gonna happen. Okay, nobody ever is ever gonna believe that." They said, "Well, let's let's Absolutely, put that to yep. a, let's put that to a draw." I don't know. I, I that was, and I think, I think to to put a pin in it, so to speak, there yeah. is no good answer to this problem. There is no good answer. Um, the the for me, the best answer is more characters. Have a lot of those characters represent more types of experiences and cultures and people. But don't we don't need to destroy or remake? stuff that's held by other people and other cultures well, the is something thing is that they that, like too the, the important thing is that adding those diverse characters does not destroy that it, no i don't it, no, yeah okay that's not uh, that's not yes. what i was trying to say no, uh, well that's what no no that's not what you're trying that's not what you were saying i mean yeah. i i don't think you were saying that i think a lot of people make the argument that it is okay and that's that's it yeah i, mean, I, I, think, I, think I would we can leave it there i yeah. just want i want more creativity like Absolutely. i want to see new stuff new new frontiers new horizons and we get better characters from that um let's do that it's, that's 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 yes. what i want to do let's do that let's get shang chi let i mean i'm i'm excited for a shang chi yes. movie uh and they removed your stereotype because the, he isn't going to be like dealing with fu manchu it's the mandarin who right. yes and was iron man was an awful was awful stereotype <laughs> but they reinvented him like and actually tooled him into not being a parody of 50s era communist china right like scare you know like the long fingernails and the uh, droopy mustache and like they they built him into something a lot more scary like he is in a lot of ways i was kind of disappointed that they never really used him in the iron man movies because he is in a lot of senses he is the penultimate like iron man villain but and they did it in in a way that I've said was kind of disappointing to me, but yeah. you know it is. It I was is just what it disappointed is. we didn't get uh, Fing Fang Foom. <laughs> well, you know, Fantastic Four is coming, uh. Uh, and uh, a lot of the when they were teasing a little bit of the storylines that they were wanting is like, what are the what are you excited to play with? And he said, and, and one of the characters he mentioned is Fing Fang Foom. So yeah, it's possible we could see a diaper wearing dragon sometime in the future. <laughs> Heroic debates. Continues. Uh, so yeah, in in light of you know massive am- announcements and upheavals, and uh, it's been a roller coaster. It's been ride, a roller coaster, and, and, and it hasn't even really started. No, I mean the cool thing is, is that most of the stuff is kicking in in November, and it's the tip of the iceberg because it's like you know Apple and Disney and all these companies are going head to head with content that's really exciting. You know, some comic driven, some not. And there's some like I mean, I've been really impressed watching uh the boys on uh Amazon Prime right now. Heard good things. Uh yeah, it might not be your cup of tea. I, but... <laughs> I get that. I mean I've been told that. I'm 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 going in. You it's know, a with, very like, steel uh guns, yeah. well it, it, to put things in place, so Garth Ennis is like one of the most violent Punisher writers yeah. ever, and yep. this is his baby, so I'll let you Who was it that did Interplanetary, is that? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I don't. But, know. Uh, I, I feel. I, I, well, there, there's this. There's this big trend in like deconstructing the superhero. Yes. I think it has a very Watchmen like. Uh, well, Watchmen, Watchmen like was that. the first one to really do that. Uh, Boys is like a really over the top rendition of that same idea. Yeah. Um, I'd love if they did. Um, I'm trying to think of the image one that they did. 
where like super their Superman character basically snaps, uh, and no one can stop him. Like that's like the whole thing is him, and I, it's uh, you sure it's not interplanetary? No, it's not <laughs> interplanetary. Because uh, there was a the backup title that was irredeemable. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, not invincible. No, no not no. invincible. It'll come to be. Anyway, we'll talk about it. But yeah, on. the deconstruction yeah. thing is that's been a theme that's been ongoing I, I, for a while. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of, I, uh, I, I think I saw a spoiler online about the boys, and I just kind of like, oh, so that's what they're doing with this. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it just I'm willing, presents... I'm to give it a fair. I mean, like. It's kind of like why I feel almost contradictory now. Like I, I'm not willing to give Joker a fair shake, you <laughs> but, know. But but I'm but I'm like, well, there's this television series that I can watch, and it's gonna probably try and mess with my ideas of like you know the good and the heroic, and uh, what, it will what, definitely do that. I mean, it's very yeah. much uh, it's a play off of you know, I think Garth Ennis being very um, cynical cynical is probably the best word for it of like if there were superheroes like watchmen presented that idea is like you know superheroes like the they couldn't the government would have to like step in that's just logical like it's it's a pipe dream to assume that heroes would kind of be able to do their own thing and operate on their own and and the boys is very much about like the worst case scenario of that where it's like corporate sponsorship Uh of heroes and all of the nastiness that we know happens when big corporations stick their fingers like into stuff and you know heroes who are let me present this face to the public so that they love me and they are just truly awful people you know outside of that that they put on a face and they're not that person at all uh, and then saying we don't deserve heroes because we will ultimately destroy them yeah i mean that's uh that that theme comes up quite a bit. I mean, it was actually one of the the like the prime argument the Green Goblin had in that first Spider Man movie. So he goes, "Yeah, they love heroes. You know what they love even more? See a hero fall. Mm. You know, and it's kind of it, there's some truth to that. Like it's we we put them up on a pedestal just so that we can, you know, knock them down. Um, but that's like I said, it goes back yeah. to that's the sad state of affairs. That's what some people want, you know, nowadays. But uh, hopefully, I think that, that I have hope for you, people. Please, <laughs> I have hope for you. Well, I think that Disney's making a very valid argument that there is hope uh, out there because uh, I think getting things like She Hulk and Miss Marvel, we're getting a Falcon as Captain America, and we're getting what? We're getting Falcon as Captain America. Sure, I mean, That's, and but we knew that yeah. in a way, I knew that was going to happen. The right. only thing, that thing is, it happened out of order for me. Yeah, I'm right, perfectly right. fine mm-hmm. seeing. I mean, in in mm-hmm. essence, I would say if in the best of several, you know, best of multiple scenarios me getting to see a show with winter soldier and sam wilson is maybe the best i'm gonna get and they could pull they could pull a few left hooks in there or you know throw a monkey wrench into what we think is gonna happen and i could still get surprised by it but i was really just wanting to see some you know bucky we're gonna see we're gonna see all kinds of wacky things i'm just i'm just saying that my my beacon of hope is seeing sam as captain sure yeah yeah, I mean, uh, that's just a personal yeah. take. I'm hoping to. Um, I mean, my my hopes are centered around an excellent Moon Knight series. Which, please, please get Richard Armitage. Please get Richard Armitage. Okay. Or someone equivalent. We're putting that wish out there into the. Cosmos. Or someone equivalent. Um, 
Someone equivalent. <laughs> if there is an equivalent. Yeah, what, if I say there's an equivalent, then why do I even want them in the first place? Yeah, right? exactly. Um, Reasonable facsimile. Yeah, anywho. <laughs> Thank you, Bud yeah. Bunny. Yeah. But, yeah, I... Marvel hasn't let me down yet, so I'm pretty sure that they're going to cast someone amazing. Um, so be, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. So the last thing I kind of wanted to, just because it's been eating at me, um, so we're about eight minutes past the hour, so we're going to keep this tight. But why? Why? Why is the sequel <laughs> to Suicide Squad the Suicide Squad? The Suicide Squad. <laughs> Uh, the same what? way, the same way the sequel to like Rocky Five is Rocky. <laughs> so is the trilogy going to be capped off with a Suicide Squad? A Suicide Squad. <laughs> I think the full title of it is like the Suicide Squad or a Liberation of Miss no, Harley that, Quinn or something. That is the uh, Birds of Prey one. Oh, uh, my mistake. Sorry. Yeah, it's Birds of Prey and the wonderful emancipation of miss harleen quinzel or something yeah it's a really it's a mouthful yeah Uh, um james gunn (laughs) just put out the cast list to suicide squad and i will say for a movie called suicide squad i'm intrigued i ain't gonna lie i'm gonna watch go to watch peter capaldi nathan fillion and idris elba are all in it i'll go watch i'll go watch them yeah that uh, they'll 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 take my uh, they'll take my money granted he tagged it with don't get attached because some of these people may only show up for 30 seconds and blow themselves up in a spectacularly uh trauma-esque blob of goo you know i'll take it (laughs) but yeah i i think i think i'll i think Nate, you know, James Gunn will get my money on that one. So let's. Considering I didn't even see the first one. I, that's that's saying. I haven't even seen know. the first one yet either. Yeah. Let's cap this off with uh, some shelf picks. So what are you reading right now? Um, What's intriguing to you? Gosh, I just got back from uh, uh, the convention where I held a table, uh, Rose City Con- uh, Comic Con here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, my wife and I run a table, and I was able to grab a couple um, books off the shelf at a pretty decent discount. Uh, those books are Exiles, um, which series? Uh, the the newest one, uh, yeah, okay. with Blink okay. and uh, your favorite with Iron your, Lab, your favorite and... Chibi Wolvie. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that's playing with the multiverse, and I dig it. I'm sorry, but yeah, but the they they do like a, a hardened Ms. Marvel, you know, gritty from the future. Con. Yeah, con. Don't call me Ms. Marvel. Con. They do a they do a Peggy, uh, Captain Peggy America, Cap. Peggy Cap. I mean, and uh, they alternate Bucky, alternate Bucky. Yeah, they just they, they're having fun with it. Valkyrie, Valkyrie from the movie. Yep. you know, but from the movie universe. Um, it's basically just playing with all kinds of different multiverses and, and kind of having some fun. So I yeah, the original series was great. Um, is a, the original one took itself a little bit more seriously than the second than sure. what they're doing right now. Sure. But you know, and I I've read them. They're yeah. they're not bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I'm you will enjoy it more than I. Will, I'm for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. Just because of the, the the playfulness of it a little bit, and some of my favorite characters and interpretations of the characters who may or may not be con- continuous with the you know the current sure. universe, but just just the, the the fact that we can say we can touch on these things and have fun with them while they're there. Um, uh, the other the other thing was uh, what else did I pick up? Oh, the the, the most recent um, like like book seven of uh, Moon Knight and Devil Dinosaur. 
Moon Girl. Moon, moon Girl. Moon Knight. <laughs> moon Knight and Devil Dinosaur would be an There's interesting series. Yeah. <laughs> moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, book seven. Um, just kind of like putting a cap on my uh, my my run of that so far, um, which is always uh, uh, you know playful, hopeful, and we're getting an animated series according to Disney of, mm. of that. If anything well. was meant to be an animated series, that's oh, absolutely, yeah. It. I think you know that that's a book that also has a lot of hope and encouragement and and uh, you know charm that um, that I that I find in comic books that I that I look for in comic books. I look for the the, the kind of the happy good stuff. Um, and uh, while I can certainly enjoy the darker side of things, um, that's going to be where I like to spend most where I like to put my headspace a lot with comics. It's just kind of a the, the you know the the Peter Porkerific, uh, <laughs> you know Chibi Wolvy whatever. I mean, I'm not saying I'm a like I want this all the time, but I want it to kind of interplay. I want there to be a fantasy of comics rather than a um, a dark grittiness of comics all the time. But if the two intermingle, then I think we can find a comfortable balance. It's much like food. I like a comfortable balance of all of those things. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I, I want I want my <laughs> meal, but I want my dessert. You know? Sure. No, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And then I'm, there, I'm not adverse to, like, the happier stuff. Um, I don't, ironically, like, Iron Man and some others are like, that's as happy as I get. Like, everything else tends to be a little <laughs> bit too 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 shiny for me. Like, too, hmm. too sugar-coated. Um, and they don't feel as real to me but i mean that's just that's that's how i've always read everything i want to be surprised by stories i want them to take me in directions i didn't expect and i want them to see do something interesting or new even if it's with something that's familiar so for me i do have one uh i also have a multiverse pick Uh, i've been reading the new age of x-man um which is uh for those of you who are familiar with uh age of apocalypse uh, they introduce a character uh, called X Man, who is basically uh, Nathan Summers from Age of Apocalypse, hmm. uh, but never was corrupt. Basically, Cable without the techno organic virus, which okay. we know if you're a fan of Cable, the techno organic virus has always held Cable back from possibly being the most powerful mutant ever. Uh, it's sort of his like kryptonite kind of thing that kind of keeps him, you know, at a certain level of relatively humble. Relatively <laughs> humble, but. Uh, Nate Gray was not hindered by that, uh, and so they've used him off and on in the Marvel universe. But does he have the helmet with a big X on his face, or is that no? Be... But that's going to be. I'm going to talk about that because okay. it's something I'm looking forward to reading. Um, but the in a similar vein to Age of Apocalypse being sort of this like twist and what we know, and then being a more like X Men centric, you know, world. Uh, Whereas with Apocalypse being the focus of the first one, where it was very nightmarish, apocalyptic, you know, kind of vision of it, uh, Age of X-Men on the surface kind of looks like everything's going great. Like there's no war anymore and it's everything's peaceful. And uh, as you get into it, you realize because there are no more humans. Everyone's Uh been gifted with mutation in some way, shape, or form. So everyone is a mutant, and therefore no one hates mutants. Because they've eliminated the humans, or because they've given humans the gene? Um, They haven't gone into it as... I haven't got that far into it, but they allude to the idea now that um, basically society is kind of the point, like a la the movie Equilibrium, Uh 
where emotions and emotional attachments are what have caused all of our dilemmas, problems, wars, and everything else. And so the idea of this utopia is to embrace being on your own or embracing your individuality, but not having romantic in, in, you know, engagements like that. And uh, part of how they solved that was that uh, children are incubated and not like born naturally and stuff anymore. And you start realizing this utopia has this very dark sort of underbelly to it. That, dark and uh, inevitably unsustainable. Yeah. Sure. But they reinvent a lot of characters in new and exciting ways in that, you know, the X-Men are, you know, basically solving natural disasters and stuff like that, but they keep having flashbacks to what they were before, you know, Nate Gray changed everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Apocalypse, who's a villain, is actually trying to, he's holding rallies and trying to get people, like, it's okay to love each other and uh, and have relationships, it's fine. It's like... Well, I guess Wolverine ruins it for everybody. Well, but most of the... <laughs> the X-Men like Wolverine and stuff are like sacrifice themselves for some event we haven't seen the resolution of and stuff either. That was the dawn of this like new utopia or whatever. So I haven't, like I said, I haven't got into it, but the read has been very interesting because what they did is they, they sort of altered all of the X titles to be like in like taking place in this sort of age of X-Men kind of thing. So it's, it's, it's an interesting story. It's very, polished the artwork's great uh it takes things in a little bit of different direction while knowing that they're who's writing that you know uh it it will a bunch of different okay. writers um but that leads into the next thing where I'm, I'm excited to read it haven't got my hands on it yet but uh hickman is That's taking right. over yeah. all of the x titles and his way of doing it is he had this to me genius idea of going back and inserting his own little elements into the backstory to take all of this convoluted history and actually have it make sense. Uh, and it, the cornerstone to that is uh, Moira McTaggart um, is turns out she's a mutant and her ability is, is that when she dies, she reincarnates and gets to live like that whole thing. or like, all the way up again and so she is so, so she's basically like run lola run and yeah yeah exactly so her the like the first few times like that plays it off is like she's trying to figure out what she can do and then she realizes that she could like she sees like this horrible future she dies she goes okay i can change it so she starts trying to manipulate events it? going forward they yeah. fail horribly she dies she goes back and she attempts to it's like groundhog or, day or, with uh, the x-men what's that russian doll on netflix russian yeah. doll and, yeah it's the same yeah. kind of idea but so there comes into your what you're mentioning is the guy with the the helmet on his yeah. head is professor x uh he's wearing uh, yeah. a cerebro helmet is what sense, he's doing yeah uh but he's also like I, i've only read bits and pieces of like the first one but it's basically uh krakoa which is like this living island that they introduced in the x-men comics uh he's on krakoa and he's declaring it as this mutant nation and his ace in the hole is he says any any government any nation who accepts our sovereignty as a country will get the cure for cancer and i forget what the other thing is it's like these two like huge things but you have to recognize our like batteries and our sovereignty, guy. basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's his card that he's playing. And so he's trying to build this like mutant nation. But in the back play of all this, the reason why he's doing it is because of 
like this recurring Moira McTaggart who's like dying and going back and trying to alter events each time. So basically what they allude to in in a sort of interesting sidestep to the multiverse theory is that the current continuity of the comics is like her, I forget if it's her ninth or tenth life. Okay. So some of the like rebooted back history is stuff that can't you do this, happened supposedly. but it was in a previous life of hers so it's like there's this interesting way of them trying to tie all these disparate histories and that they happened but didn't happen you know kind of thing is if, if something's going to make sense of the claremont years it's <laughs> right and it's a uh, it's getting rave reviews uh, i'm really excited to dive into it i'll probably wait till it's in trade because i don't think this is one i, I could survive trying to read I the can, monthly i can zone. see clearly the x-men fan, fans celebrating sure I don't know what they're celebrating, but it's happy. You know, it's great to see them partying on that. Side well, of I think fence, it's you know? it's a great time to bring shine the light on these characters because yeah. with the inevitability of them coming back to the MCU, uh, like this is a this is a great time to be a little bit revisionist with it and kind of you know rebuild it into something coherent that can be used. Um, Richard Armitage could be a good wolverine if they decide to do that maybe i mean they're gonna have to find somebody yeah. but uh i almost want to in a way i i see that but i think they did such a good job finding someone we'd never heard of to play wolverine and now we can't think <laughs> of anyone else playing him he, he does have that uh verisimilitude uh, I, i've I think used that twice i would yeah podcast. i would love to see them just like find a new the, like a, somebody we've never heard of that I, ends up being perfect for I, I would like to see them do a female wolverine <laughs> well, they did it's called her name's x23 <laughs> and again case in point we don't need we can have logan and we can have x23 yes we don't need to do one or like we can o- not only have one we can have both we can it's all good we can enjoy both we can even have honey badger and, i'll throw her oh, in too honey badger's fantastic <laughs> and on that I, note... I sat i sat i sat near a guy who had a table where he had like this big artwork of honey badger on his banner and i, I was always look back and be like that's fantastic back there that's yeah good, you know <laughs> i i like x23 i think doubling down with another x23 in the same title is kind of all right uh, do yeah, your thing that's you know she is actually great comic relief though and they used her in x-men red uh it was really fun to see her like as doing what she does with everyone's too serious and sure. <laughs> she just wants to have like make it fun for I've everybody seen, I've seen highlight reels and yeah. they, they look extremely entertaining so yeah so <clears throat> we've got uh like i said it is uh september um hopefully if we stick to our <laughs> once a month uh we got a few months left before uh <clears throat> the rise of skywalker is upon us um before we do that i promise you we will have our we need a, our Star Wars episode. We need a we need like a maybe a Halloween themed. Could have a Halloween theme. I don't we know, could talk about costumes. Costumes and costumes. Like who's had the best costumes over the Ooh. years and we've had some As an artist, ones. you're far more versed to talk about this kind of stuff than I, I have some connections, <laughs> but you know, yeah, we're we're we were just talking about that earlier. But we'll definitely have something for you in October. We'll have something for you again at least in November. Definitely. And then we'll see you again in we December. We'll make this happen. But we're going to make gonna, it happen. We're going we're we're to get this thing off the ground. Well, we had a little few hiccups. You like had a kid. Yeah, life hiccups. You know, you know, they I changed jobs. Eh, you yeah, know, yeah. Things happen. But 
you know some, what you know what we didn't we yes. we did not stop doing this this is that's just delayed thing. a little bit yeah. that's what's important so we're going to leave you with that little uh glimmer of hope you, you, <laughs> as, you, you cannot kill true love you can all you can do is delay it for a sure while. <laughs> uh and we will see you again next month next month and stay super stay super indeed Thank <laughs> you.